0: I don't know if you remember the old Lucille Ball show. Remember when she was, uh, that show where she's kind of running around in the wine presser, stepping on grapes? That's pretty funny. But that's what happens. That's how they would make wine, right? Back in that day, in the old days, right? They would have somebody and they would what? They would step on the grapes and the juice from the grapes would become, right? They would drain that and they would let that ferment and that would become wine. Well, this is the analogy that's been given. That the Lord... It's gonna take these grapes, they're fully ripe, and they're going to be treaded out in the wine press, and the grapes are symbolic of the blood that's gonna be shed.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast of Calvary Chapel Echo Park here in Los Angeles, California. We are a small fellowship of diverse believers who want to serve our lord and do his will you can find out more about our fellowship at ccechopart.com join us for our live stream on sunday in the new testament and wednesday evenings in the old testament now let's get into the word of god in our weekly podcast the teaching is from pastor david higa and will be the study of the revelation of jesus christ and the book of revelation
0: Our text this morning, verse 14, Then I looked, and behold, a white clown, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Verse 15, And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle, and reap, for the time has come, for you to reap; for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And so he sat. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Verse 17. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, who had power over fire. And he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, "Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine." Of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So, verse 19: the angel thrust his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city, and blood came out of the winepress up to the horses' bridles for 1,600 furlongs. Being highlighted here in chapter 14, it's taking us right to the end where Jesus returns. And we noted this in verses one through five. We believe that this 144,000, when they, it says that they're on Mount Zion. This is not the Mount Zion of heaven. This is the Mount Zion referring to Jerusalem, physical city there in the tribulation. We have the 144,000 there and Jesus, he's there as well. When Jesus returns, where is he going to return? He's going to come right into Jerusalem. He's going to put his feet on the Mount of Olives. That Mount of Olives is going to split. right? There's going to be a valley created from east to west. And so half of the mountain is going to go north. Half of the mountain is going to go south. And there's going to be a split there. And then Jesus, he's going to come in to Jerusalem from the east. And he's going to go into the temple through the east gate. And he's going to what? He's going to roll and reign from that temple. That's going to happen when he returns. And so... Where there's a lot of scripture that prophesies. And so Revelation chapter 14 verses 1 through 5. Is reporting on that. Jesus he's returned. He's in Mount Zion. And he's with the 144,000. He is in Jerusalem. It takes us to Revelation 19. Okay so that's what I want to underscore. A note here right. And so the 144,000 they're in Jerusalem. Now the question we have to ask is. How do they get to Jerusalem? And. Why are they there with Jesus at that point? You know, we want to talk about this because the last time we saw reference to Jerusalem was the abomination of desolation. What's that? That's when Antichrist comes into the temple, wants to be worshipped as God. Daniel chapter 9, Olivet Discourse, uh, Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talked about this, and he warns Israel, right? When you see this happen, when Antichrist comes in and wants to be worshipped as God, you need to flee because he's going to try to take out Israel once again. And so there's a lot of scripture that prophesies that. Remember we referred to, remember in Edom, they're going to flee to Edom there. And I uh, assume not to Edom, to Moab, right? That's in, uh, probably in modern, it is in modern day Jordan, probably in the rock city of Petra. They're going to be protected there, right? For time, times, yeah. and half a time. And so that's the last time we looked at Jerusalem. And so think about it. From that time, the abomination of desolation, Antichrist basically, he's there in Jerusalem. Wants to be worshipped with God. And then now in Revelation chapter 14, what's happening? Where's Antichrist? He's not in Jerusalem. He's surrounded Jerusalem with this army. Trying to overtake Jerusalem. So who's in Jerusalem in Revelation 14 verses 1-5? Well, it's the 144,000 of the Lamb is with him. So what happened? From the middle of the tribulation to the end. Well, what has happened is it would seem that this 144,000 they possess Jerusalem again. And then last week we looked at verses six through thirteen. What was that about? Remember that was about the everlasting gospel. Remember we talked about that. Remember at that point we see an angels. These angels they go out and they spread the gospel. And perhaps it's because at that point it's the angels that go on out, right? And they're the ones that have to preach. The good news of Jesus Christ. Now it's interesting, right? This everlasting gospel. Notice the context of chapter 14. Notice the context of the verses we covered last week. The context is judgment. This is a gospel surrounded by judgment. Think about it. Now we like to uh, say that the gospel is the gospel of what? Of Jesus Christ. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. The gospel of peace. Jesus bring peace. It's the gospel of love. Jesus brings love. It's the gospel of all these great things, which, they, which it is. But it's interesting. It's, the context here is the gospel of judgment. And so how is that, how is that good news? Because gospel means good news. Well, it's good news because this, what precedes the glory of God is the judgment of God. I want you to note that. Before the glory of God can reign, there has to be something done with sin. And this is what we read here, especially in these last two judgments, right? When there's a harvest of the earth and there's a harvest of the grapes, right? These are the last two judgments. I believe one is the judgment exercised in the bowls of judgment, the last seven bowls of judgment right there. We're going to see in Revelation 15 and 16. And the last judgment is going to be the judgment at the battle of Armageddon. That's what I believe is uh, referenced here. In verses 14 through 20 of chapter 14, it's just before Jesus returns. There's two remaining judgments, the bowls of judgment and the judgment at the battle of Armageddon. But what precedes God's glory, rolling and reigning, it must be his judgment. And this is what we see. This is what we studied last week. At this point, the angels are going out and they're sharing the gospel. One last time they said, you know, you do don't have to experience this eternal judgment if you receive Jesus as Lord. Now, I have to believe this. I mentioned this last week. I don't believe the Lord sends out angels to preach the gospel there's nobody that's going to be saved. I believe that there's still a few left. And so God's mercy is going to go out. That's why he's sending out these angels. Even though there's going to be a small number, a few of them. At this point, most of them are past the point of no return. But there still are some that are going to receive. And so the gospel goes out. It goes out warning that judgment is right around the corner. Judgment is right around the corner. And it's interesting. When we preach the gospel, how do we preach the gospel? Do you preach that judgment remains for those that don't receive Jesus Christ as Lord? I think oftentimes, right, we like to preach the gospel of grace. It's the good news, right? Jesus is loving, right? Jesus is merciful. And we we love those things, right? And that he is. But I got to tell you, you know, there's an aspect of judgment. If we don't receive Jesus Christ as Lord, what remains? Judgment. And that was what this was described last week. He even goes, John goes into the everlasting judgment, right? In Gehenna, where there be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Remember, he noted that in verses 10 there, right? He says, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of land. This is eternal judgment forever and ever. And so part of the gospel is judgment. But the message is that you do not have to be judged. You can receive the Lord. You know, it makes me think about, I don't know if you ever heard about this um, uh, apologetics, Ray Comfort. Have you ever heard of him? You know, Ray Comfort, he, um, he gives this um, illustration Of how to preach the gospel and i don't know if you ever heard this but he gives an illustration of this um this group that's flying in an airplane right and on this airplane right the airplane starts to go down right and they know it's going to crash and as the airplane starts to go down there's parachutes that were given to the passengers right and so two of the passengers as parachutes and so One of the passengers, now I'm not doing justice how he explains it, but I'm just kind of giving the gist of this, right? And so he gives this example. One of the passengers that's holding on to the parachute says, you know, uh, they, they say to him, he says, you need to put this on, right? Because, well, the first one he says, you need to hold on to this parachute because it's going to make you feel good, make you feel secure as you hold on to this parachute, right? And then to the other one, though, he says, you need to put on this parachute because it's going to save you. It's going to save you. Now, it's interesting. It's true, right? If you just hold on to the parachute and you have kind of a, 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 a touchy-feely kind of, well, you know, it's warm. It's going to make you warm. It's going to make you feel secure. But you don't really have to put it on. Right? Is that going to help you? No, it's not going to you unless you put it on. So the other person that says, they told him, you know, unless you put that parachute on, you're going to die. And so which one's going to use the parachute? It's the one that puts on right, the parachute. And it's interesting, right, the point is this, the gospel of Jesus Christ says this, unless you put on Christ, you're going to be eternally condemned. That's the message here, right? And I think oftentimes we forget to include that part of the message. We say God is loving, right? He sent his son for you, right? He loves you. He wants to, he wants to bless you in this life and, and we love that message, right? The blessings in this life. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, It's not only can the Lord do that in this life, but the truth of the matter is He can save you from eternal condemnation. That's the fact of the matter. And as we preach that, that's good news. And so the preaching that goes out during this time, we noted this last week, is just that. Judgment is right around the corner, eternal judgment, where there'll be weeping and gnashing teeth, fire and brimstone. But the good news is this, you don't have to go there. All you have to do is receive Jesus Christ as Lord. That was the message. And so the eternal gospel goes out through these angels, right? To a world that is right at the end. And that's the sense, right? It's a gospel really of judgment in terms or in, in reference to that you don't have to be judged. Right? And so that's the good news. But then finally we get to our passage this morning, verses 14 through 20. It actually describes the final judgment. There's a reaping of the earth, right? It's the grain harvest of judgment, but then there's also a grape harvest of judgment. Revelation 14, verse 14 says, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man. Now, who would this be? Well, this would be none other than Jesus, right? On a white cloud, right? And then one who sat. Like the Son of Man. Now, I was reading the commentary, and it's interesting they note this that this is actually the last time the term Son of Man is used in, in the Bible. Now, we're already at Revelation 14, so it's understandable, but it's used throughout the Bible to refer to Jesus, right? And right here, it's referring to Jesus the last time. It says, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown. Now, this is the crown of Stephanos, not the crown of, of a king, even though we know he's a king. Now, the reason why Stephanos there is because Jesus is now coming, right? And he's going to come victorious to rule and reign. He is king, right? He can wear the diadem, but this is the crown of the victorious one, right? He's conquered sin. He's going to come and now he's going to rule and reign. Right? The time of mercy has run its course. Okay? So he has this Stephanos. And in his hand a sharp sickle. Now what's the sharp sickle for? It's to reap the earth. I don't know if you ever use the sickle, right? To reap. It's to reap this earth of sin. And so we're going to see two harvests, two judgments. We're going to see one, which I believe refers to the bowls of judgment, which are going to come in chapters 15 16 and 16 which precede the return of Christ and then it's going to be the judgment at the battle of Armageddon and that's what we're going to see in verses 17 through 20 okay so it says and another angel verse 15 came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud thrust in your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe now first I want you to note this notice this another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to Jesus right Thrust in your sickle, not sickle. Now, I, we should note this. This is not the angel giving Christ orders, right? What this is, is the angel crying out, Lord, it's time. How long, Lord, right? The time of judgment, right? It's getting so bad, and it has to do with this word ripe. This word ripe means overripe. It's so bad, Lord, he's crying out to the Lord. When, when, when are you going to judge because they're overripe with sin. This word right here, you, um, when it says to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe, this word in the Greek, it means to be overripe. It actually means to be rotten. So the earth is what? It's overripe with sin. And so this angel is saying, oh Lord, how long? Let, let's, let's reap because the earth is overripe with sin. Now, can you relate to that? Can you see that? Well, we're not there yet, but it sure looks like it, right? We're getting close, right? This world is so dark when you think about it. It's getting overripe with sin. Well, it's rotten. So the time of judgment, right? The time of mercy is running its course. The time of judgment is, is now. And this is what the angel is crying out. How long will the Lord let's reap? It's overripe with, with sin. And so the Lord, he's going to reap and he's going to judge. The seven bowls of judgment are within that seventh trumpet of judgment we've seen the seventh trumpet but we haven't seen the description of i believe the description of are these seven bowls of judgment so we noted this right before the title deed of the earth is laid claim again by jesus right that scroll has seven seals we're in the seventh seal right within that seventh seal we have seven trumpets we're in the seventh trumpet trumpet judgment being the seven bowls being poured out and so this is the final judgment here before Jesus returns. And so I want to remind you again, right, before the glory of Christ returns, judgment has to be administered because the earth needs to be purged from sin. And we see that. We see that in other parts of Scripture. Notice it says, verse 16, So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. The earth was judged. It's overripe with sin. So finally the earth is judged, Jesus judges the earth and he begins to purge, finish up purging the earth of sin so that he can rule and reign. And this angel is crying out, Lord, please, how long? How long, Lord? Let's get this show on the road. Let's put an end to sin. Let's go to the Gospel of Matthew. And let's go to Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to pick up our text right at verse 31. Matthew 25. This describes this reaping of judgment, this harvest of judgment. And it's upon those that are not of Christ, okay? Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to pick up our text right at, right at verse 31. Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. This is when he returns. So when he returns and rules and reigns, just before that, he's going to judge the nations. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate them one from another as a sheep divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Okay, so the sheep are going to be entering in the millennial kingdom, right? Living on the millennial kingdom. But the goats are who? The ones that are going to be judged. And so as you skip down, he describes what the sheep are going to be uh, given. But then as you skip down to verse 41, it gives a description of the goats, the judgment. It says, then he will also, verse 41, say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire. What's he talking about? Gehenna. We saw that in Revelation chapter 14 last week that eternal gospel, if you don't receive it, what what awaits you? Judgment. It's a gospel of judgment as well as a gospel of grace. The grace is this. You don't have to go there. But if you don't receive Jesus Christ, the grace of God, right, you're going to be judged. And so he's talking about this. Jesus said, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And then they, will also, they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me, and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Okay, So this is a description, I believe, of this, of this harvest of judgment, right? This grain harvest of judgment. It's a judgment on the earth, and we're going to see the details of this judgment in the bowls of judgment in Revelation 15 and 16. Now, what's interesting is we have a second harvest of judgment. It's different. From what's described in verses 14 through 16. It's a a judgment where we see that there's going to be this vine of grapes. And they're going to be treaded upon in the wine press. Okay, so let's read from verse 17. It says, Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud voice, To him who had the sharp sickle saying, thrust in your sharp sickle and gather what? The clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. Now this, ripe in this verse, right? This fully ripe is a different word than ripe in verse 15. This means that it's a fruit that's ready to pick. It's fully ripe like that luscious orange or that peach right? that you pick from the tree. It's fully ripe. It's not withered. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 15, that word ripe means overripe or rotten. This is at its peak. And so right here, this judgment, is at the peak. It's prime for judgment. It's not overdue, right? It's prime for judgment. And so we see, it says, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. They're they're at their peak. And so the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. Notice the winepress, right? And so that's what happens, right, when you throw grapes into the winepress, right, it begins to, begin to spat, uh, splatter. Remind, now I want you to pay attention to this verbiage because we're going to cross-reference to other scriptures in the Bible that describe this. And this is all pointing to the battle of Armageddon. When Jesus returns at this battle, this is the final judgment. All those nations, right, that are following Antichrist, that want to invade Israel, as we mentioned, right? They're outside of Israel. They want to invade Israel. The 144,000 are there. And Jesus Christ comes there. What happens is that they're going to invade, try to invade Israel, but Jesus is going to come. The sword's going to come out of his mouth and he's going to just destroy them. It's not even a battle. But at that point, there's going to be massive carnage, the blood, It's going to be splattered to the horse's bridle, as we see, right? And so it says right here that the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city. Notice it says outside the city, not in the city. Antichrist and his army is what? Outside of the city, wanting to overtake the city. The 144,000... And the lamb are in this city. But what's going to happen is that there's going to be a massive destruction that Jesus is going to administer over the armies as the sword comes out of his mouth, and you're going to see the blood that is shed. It says, And the wine press was trampled outside the city, and blood came out of the winepress up to the horses' bridles for one thousand six hundred furlongs. So now I want you to know. 1,600 furlongs is about 180 miles. 180 square miles. It's a long way. And you can study this where the Battle of Armageddon is going to uh, be um, exercised. or They're going to amass the armies there for the Battle of Armageddon. It's in a place called the Valley of Megiddo. Now, there's not really a Valley, a valley of Megiddo. There's a, a it's called Armageddon. H-A-R. And it's a, 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 like a hill. But at At the base of that hill, that's where they would refer to as the Valley of Megiddo. Now, it's about 60 miles north of Jerusalem. And so you go 60 miles north, and what some commentators do, they say about a three-mile width, 60 miles times three miles is what? 180 square miles. And so many would point to this verse when it says, For 1,600 furlongs, if you do the measurement of that, that's right around 180 square miles. So many people believe that's referring right here to where the Battle of Armageddon is. And the Battle of Armageddon, again, it's gonna be, Antichrist is gonna amass an army from the east and everywhere, but but really from the east, mainly to amass this size of army to overtake Jerusalem. And they're gonna be camped outside of Jerusalem in this area of Megiddo. And they're going to be outside of Jerusalem. And they're going to be waiting to overtake Jerusalem. 144,000 are going to be there. In Jerusalem. They're protected. Now why are they in Jerusalem? They're waiting for the Lord. And the Lord returns to Jerusalem. And so I believe this is a reference to the battle of Armageddon. So the first right, reaping of the harvest right, of judgment is the seven bowls of judgment. Referred to in verses 14 through 16. That's the grain harvest. But the grape harvest is the final judgment at Armageddon. And it's not a battle. It's basically destruction. The sword of the, uh, uh, that's going to come out of the Lord's mouth, and he's going he's gonna to fight only the Lord. The Lord's going to take them out. And there's going to be massive carnage. And we're going to see this.
1: Thanks again for joining us on our podcast of Calvary Chapel, Iago Park. We hope and pray that you have been blessed by the teaching and join us again as we continue to study the Word of God. Once again, you can always visit us on our homepage at ccechopart.com for more information and teachings from Pastor David. To God be the glory.